Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Not much, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's, it, it's it keeps sneaking closer to the start of basketball season. Uh, NFL started, and I and at the beginning of the NFL season, just to piss off people, I like to post how many days it is until the NBA actually starts on the opening day of of the NFL just to see the reactions of people who hate the NBA and then to make sure I make a note of who hates the NBA so I don't talk to them. Wait, people follow you who don't like the NBA? Yeah, they're, 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 they're friends. So I, I, they follow me on actual like social media instead of my basketball social media. Uh, I was gonna say. I mean, I don't have actual friends who don't like basketball, so I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know anything yeah, about that. It's it's a burden. Um, it's a shame, and I I just basically tell them they're wrong, and then I tell them how the NFL's ratings are going down, and how people don't really want to see other human beings uh, giving each other concussions so their lives shorten. But to each their own. I I mean, I just learned something in the two seconds I was waiting for you to start talking. So I mean, it's been a good day for me. So I won't I won't slag anyone off. What uh? What did you learn? All right. So, do you know what what college Malcolm Delaney played basketball for? This is what you were doing. You were looking up Malcolm Delaney's no, no, alma looked, mater. Okay. So here's what I did. Okay, I looked up the Atlanta Hawks roster, who we're going to talk about in in a couple minutes on Basketball Reference. Okay. So I want you to tell me what college he played basketball for. It's in the ACC. Hmm. That doesn't help because. All those conferences moved around. Um, Maryland? Close. It's not Virginia, but it's Virginia. Tech? So you want to know what their real name is on Basketball Reference? Now this is what this is what I learned. Okay. I, I always thought they were just Virginia Tech. So their real name is Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University. No, that can't be right. Dude, it says it on Basketball Reference, and I thought it was fake. And I was I'm like, sure he didn't play for. I was like, what school is this? And I clicked on it, and it's Virginia Tech, dude. It's just seriously Virginia Tech. That is their official name, apparently. Huh. I'm going to have to go. Yeah. Uh, I'm at their Wikipedia. This is correct. This is breaking news, everyone. See? So I told uh, you, I learned something in the three. You did learn. The 30 seconds before you started talking, I Virginia... learned something. That sounds like it was named by a guy who was like, we got to make this sound real smart. We got <laughs> to make this university sound even better than all these other universities. Columbia, who cares? Harvard, who cares? Virginia <laughs> Polytechnic Institute and State University? It's both. <laughs> so it's not only an institute, but a state university as well. I mean, it's it's two, it's two yeah. things in one, man. Everyone loves that. Ever dreamed in uh, Blacksburg, Virginia, where I do not know where that is, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I briefly enjoyed Virginia Tech's uh, some of those years where they do a lot of trick plays in the in college football, and you know, they're entertaining to watch. Um, the, the Michael and Marcus Vick show, they were fun then. God, that was great. Um, that was about the only time I really, it's. I am actually finding myself watching a little bit more college football than usual, um, which is not saying a lot, but um, college football is just a little bit more entertaining than I, I, to me is becoming a little bit more entertaining than the NFL. And I, I'll throw it out there. That's a, that's a bad take. 
but I like to see plays break open because people are incompetent. When two really great football teams go at each other, it's just like people crashing into each other and then one play, good play every 20 to 30 minutes. I also like college football in this more in the sense that like sometimes things happen that you just feel like shouldn't happen. Like at the professional level, like even the worst team, like when they beat someone, you're like, well, okay, I could understand that. Like there's no like super surprises, but like every year in college football, you have a team that you're like, there's no way those guys are winning. And then they'll beat someone who's like in the top five. And you're like, that did not seem possible. How did that even, how did that even happen? And then there was all, you know, I just enjoyed the trick plays. They, they entertained me. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit harder to follow and since there's a lot more teams, but other than that, like, I'm a, I'm a fan of college football. So that's, that is far, too, too much football talk for one podcast. So let's get right back into our team previews. Uh, if you've list, been listening, uh, you would know that we're about halfway through the league in our uh, fantasy team previews for the year, but we took a little break uh, to talk to our good friend Mark Roberts about his projections, and I would highly recommend uh, going and listening to that podcast, uh, which was the one right before this one, and going and checking out Mark's projections on hashtag basketball.com. I thought that was a really good, uh, really good episode. And I will say that it was the best one I've ever done because I probably talked the least amount I've ever talked. And that was that was good because that's probably the worst thing about the show. Yeah, that is how I gauge the quality of a show, <laughs> the amount of time you talk. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, we are going to go... I mean, we've been talking about tire fires. This is like the the like the really just shady alley in tire fire in tire fire land. Um, these are going to be the worst of the worst. We might throw in a good team just to like cleanse ourselves from talking about these next two teams. Um, and we're going to start with the Atlanta Hawks. A brutal, just a brutal looking uh starting lineup they're off season they lost who didn't they lose uh they lost tim hardaway jr hilariously to the knicks uh they traded dwight howard away to the hornets which was probably a, a pretty good idea uh they lost paul Millsap to the nuggets they lost Tabo, even tabo sevalosha who who likes to make appearance on standard league teams uh he went to the jazz Oof. i mean they in the they, they turned around and added um Luke Babbitt, Dwayne Dedman, Miles Plumley, and uh, Marco Bellinelli came over in the trade with Dwight Howard, which was you know kind of a sad um, get back for for someone like Dwight Howard. And uh, they drafted John Collins, and so not a not a terribly fun team to if you're a fan of that team. Uh, not a terribly fun season to be looking forward to. So what what is the most interesting thing on the Atlanta Hawks next year? Well, I mean, they obviously have one pretty interesting player, and, and we already had a, a minor disagreement on him, I think, in a previous show. But, I mean, I think the most interesting thing overall is that there's going to be some sneaky value on this team, I think, because someone's got to play. And when there's a lot of bad guys, I mean, there's kind of two ways that it happens. Either, like, a bunch of guys get – a little bit of minutes or the coach just kind of says, screw it and gives one guy a ton of minutes. And I'm hoping for that option. Um, obviously because then someone will have some nice value who may not be the greatest basketball player in the world. Yeah. And I think that's, um, that's exactly what to look at a team like this where 
quite frankly, a lot of casual players, casual NBA fans, probably don't know a majority of the people on the starting lineup. And that is prime time for picking someone in a late round who is going to play starters minutes, who is going to bring back a much higher value than where you draft him. And that, that is the, the benefit of having a really, really crappy Atlanta Hawks team. I'm with you there. So let's let's go look at, at – speaking of – let's make sure I know the what the starting lineup actually is. Um, I don't think we are 100% certain on who is going to be – how the rotation is going to go and how who's even going to be the starters for this team. But I think we can make a, at least um, a couple of very intelligent guesses that obviously Dennis Schroeder – being the name that everyone probably does know on this team, uh, being guaranteed the starting point guard. Yeah, and I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit in the previous show that I think I'm a little bit higher on Schroeder than you are. Um, I just think Schroeder's going to get big minutes and he's going to get a lot of points and he's going to always have the ball in his hands. So that's going to equal some assists. And steals aren't bad. He's going to hit you one and a half, three pointers probably. Um, he's going to shoot a good free throw percentage on some all right attempts. So, I mean, I'm a fan of Schroeder, um, especially where I think he's going to go. I think he's going to go probably somewhere around pick 50, and I think he's probably like a top 35, top 40 player. So I think he's going to be a little bit of value in him. Yeah, I agree with the fact that he's probably going to go around 50. Other than that, um, I'm not terribly excited about Dennis Schroeder. I think a lot of people are. And and rightfully so, he's going to get a lot of minutes because there really is no one to give those minutes to. And he does have the ability to really uh, score at, at will at some points. But that was on a team that had the lanes, um, well, Howard clogged the lane quite a bit, but Millsap really, really helped uh, a lot when it comes to opening up uh, driving lanes for Dennis Schroeder. But now there is no there is no Paul Millsap to pass it to. There is no Dwight Howard to run pick and rolls with. There's really nothing exciting about the rest of this squad. Everything is going to be on Dennis Schroeder's shoulders. That's a, a, a 2017 NBA tongue twister, the Dennis Schroeder shoulders. Um, and I think it's going to be really easy for teams to just go, all right, let's just double Schroeder every time he runs a pick and roll and make someone else beat us because the rest of this team sucks. Dennis Schroeder is really the only starting talent that we know of, at least on this team. They do have a, a couple of young guys that could be interesting, but I just think he's going to be overwhelmed. I'm not sure he's ready for basically to be the primary scorer and leader of this team. The usage is going to be there, right? But those, I think those percentages are going to be worse than people think. Uh, his field goal percentage is going to be worse than people think. And um, he doesn't really get in a – his steals are, are lower than I'd like for a guy that I would take in the fourth round. And so overall, I'm just I, – I think people are going to reach for Dennis Schroeder, and I wouldn't. Um, so he, here's how I'm kind of looking at this. And I'm with you that the field goal percentage thing is going to be bad because there's not a lot of people – to pass to. So, how many people in the league last year scored more than 20 points a game? Oh, well, you always ask me these these questions uh, all the time. Um, I'm trying to increase your basketball knowledge, Mike. That's what I do. Here. I'm going to guess tw- over, over 20 points a game? Yes. 
if I think about how leagues are drafted, I'm going to go with 35. You are pretty good at this. 33. Hey, okay. look at that. So, I'm impressed I think there's that. no – I don't think – I don't think there's a way that Schroeder is not going to shoot himself into 20 points a game. It could be on a very bad percentage, but I mean, who's going to take the shots away from this kid? But the, I think that's the difference, right? So you're right. I, he, he, um, what did he average last year? I'm going to have to go look. He averaged 18 points a game. Um, which was 45th in the league. But let's go look at the rest of at, at what he, at what he did. Right. Um, he shot, 15 points a game to get 18 or 15 shots a game to get 18 points. He turned over over the ball three times a game. It's definitely going to go up. His steals were under one. Um, That doesn't bode well. He's going to hover around one this year. His assists were 6.4. I think he's going to have the ball in his hand a little bit more, but he's got worse people to pass to. So let's call that a wash. Um, He gets three rebounds a game, which is okay for a guard. 1.3 three pointers is bad is bad for a guard. He still hasn't developed that outside shot. And and just based on his stats last year, unless he, I mean, he is young enough to, you know, take a leap and he's going to have the opportunity to take a leap. He's only 24. Without him approaching two three-pointers a game, which, you know, perhaps they make him shoot more more three-pointers this year just for the hell of it. I'm not super excited to to pick this guy up in in the fourth round when there are plenty of good guards laying around oh and i'm with you and maybe that's that's where it happens is that there's always someone that you like a little bit better around him but i mean if you look at, at the projections on hashtag basketball mark's great projections he has them coming out if you punt turnovers which turnovers are going to be high which you should, uh, you should so, be turnovers in head-to-head all the time right and and so if you're playing in a nine cat roto i can see why he's not that sexy because those turnovers are not going to be good but in a head-to-head league, I mean, he has him ranked 33rd at 19 points a game, three and a half rebounds, seven assists, 1.1 steals, 0.2 blocks, uh, one and a half three pointers made, 44%, and 85. Now, I mean, we can take issue with some of those. I think the points are going to be a little higher. I could see the rebounds, assists, and steals all being a little bit lower, um, and I could see the percentages being a little bit lower. So, I mean, but I still think he's he's a top 50 guy, and I think he's going to be picked somewhere around there. So. All right, let me let me throw some names. Let me throw some names at you. Who would you rather have? We're gonna we're playing the official. Who would you rather have? Because this is how we gauge draft picks during a fantasy basketball draft, 2017 game. Wow, all that in one it's sentence. Pretty, it's a good name. Um, it's a good name. I worked on that for a very long time. Um, all right, who would you rather have? Eric Bledsoe or Dennis Schroeder? Probably Schroeder's because I think he can stay a lot more healthy. But if it's a shallow league, I'm, I'm probably taking Bledsoe. So if it's a deeper league, I'd like Schroeder. If it's a shallow league, I'd like Bledsoe. Does that make sense? In the sense that if there's somebody on the waiver wire to pick up, I think I'd rather have Bledsoe. But if there's nobody on the waiver wire to pick up, I think I want Schroeder because I feel a little bit better about him staying healthy. Okay, yeah. I was going to say explain your logic, but you did. Uh, so you're just saying like in the event that Eric Bledsoe – um, who I think is going to be fairly healthy this year. The, he sat out the last half of the you know the last couple months simply because the Phoenix Suns were trying to tank. Are they um, going to be better? Are the Phoenix Suns going to be better? I think theoretically they have to be. But I think their conference is also better. So I think they're at yes. the same spot. 
think they lose as many games or just I, I would be shocked if Eric Bledsoe is on the Suns by the end of the year. Hot take. Not that hot a take. Uh, okay, and, and that's that's a possibility too. Um I, I guess I'm I, my point is in a sixteen team league and, and that's always a little bit scary too, right? Is if they get traded and where is, yeah, where is he gonna actually go? Right, um, and he could be Eric right is a starting point guard in this league. I have no idea but, why he would be traded to be the backup for somebody. But, but most teams that are competing for a playoff spot have us another good starting point guard. So he could end up playing some two and get his minutes reduced a little bit to closer to 30 instead of 32 or 33. And I mean, that's going to hurt his value. Okay. Well, I disagree. It's, the answer is Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Who would you rather have Dennis Schroeder or Kimba Walker? Oh, definitely Kemba Walker. Dennis Schroeder or CJ McCollum? McCollum. Drew Holiday or Dennis Schroeder? Drew Holiday is another guy I get a little bit antsy about just because of the injuries. So I, I I think I'll stick with my same answer in the sense that if it's a shallow league, probably Drew Holiday. If it's a deeper league, probably Dennis Schroeder. D'Angelo Russell or Dennis Schroeder? Ah, uh, Schroeder there. I'm just I'm a little bit antsy about that situation. Although I think Russell's a decent two guard. I think these this is the to me those are where I'm I'm kind of saying I would take either. So I, I I'm dropping Dennis Schroeder down past Drew Holiday, um, past may past Eric Bledsoe, down into really the bottom of the top fifty. I mean, and that's fine. And I think that's about where he's getting picked. So, I mean, I think you're, I think you're still in the ballpark with where he's getting picked. And Would I you consider Alfred but, Payton? No, nah, I'm definitely going shorter there. Although Payton is good in, in the right punt strategy. I mean, if, you are, if you're building the team and head yeah. to punt, I mean, sh- there's – okay, there are situations where Payton could be more valuable. If we're looking at most of the categories or all the categories, I think I'm taking Schroeder. Here's what I guess I'll say about it, okay? At pick 50 or 55, where I think he's getting picked, he has some upside to take a leap and get better. There are some players in that range, like, for example, a Serge Ibaka type. Like, is Serge Ibaka going to be any better than pick 50? Like, you're picking him at where he's going to be at. So, I mean, there's some value in that, I guess. There's also some variance that he gets maybe worse than 50 in the sense that he bloats his turnovers and he gets benched and is generally a knucklehead like he was at points last season. And he's like number 60 or 70. Yeah. I, I, and that's why I'm, I, I'm saying I think a lot of people, this is one of those, I'm, you're going to hear about it. Someone's going to write about it in a sleeper column, like Dennis Schroeder's real sleeper. He's the only guy on the team. He's the only one who could score. And I think it's going to be pretty hard for Dennis Schroeder to to carry a team on his back. Um, I don't know if he had – I don't think he's um, going to take an Isaiah Thomas-type leap this year. Um, you're, but if you're if you're saying he has the potential, that that is correct. He does have the potential. He's only 24. Oh, I, but I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not reaching for him at all. In my projections, he's shooting closer to 42% than 44. Fair enough. Let's um we we spent a lot of time on Dennis Schroeder simply because that's the person you should probably spend the most time talking about on this team. Let's venture into looking at the rest of this team if if we dare. Um anyone else you want in a standard league? 
I think so. And I I think so, and this is why, because someone is going to play 30-plus minutes on this team. And the the two guys, I think, who are going to play starters minutes, which I would say 85% of the time, if you're playing over 30 minutes a game, you are standard league relevant. Um, There are obviously exceptions, but... Well, that number might even be a little higher, but yes, there are definitely guys who can play... 48 minutes and still produce nothing. I don't know how it's possible, but there are guys who do it. There are, uh, his name is Doug McDermott. Um, and so I'm interested in Kent Bazemore and I'm interested in Terry and Prince. Those are the two, I think, big names on this squad that should be uh, considered in your standard league draft. Um, and I think you make an argument of a few more people, but let's focus on these two guys for now. Terry and Prince, um, is the one that everyone's going to also kind of look at. He's 23 years old. What is he capable of? He had a few flashes of of kind of a, of an interesting fantasy game last year. Do you what do you feel about Terry and Prince? Um, I I like the game in the sense that the block and the steal could be one and one or somewhere about. Um, so I like that. I think the field goal percentage is going to be poor. Um, I'm not in love with him. I think that he might go a little higher than I want him to go, which is in a standard league, I want him to kind of be my last pick or maybe my second to last pick. And I think he might get pushed up closer to that number 100 range just because I think he's going to be kind of a trendy guy. That I mean, I'm already hearing the buzz about Torian Prince, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm I'm hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah, I think if you're in, the, in a league with a little bit of uh some of the sharps, some of the people who know what they're doing. Um, Terry and Prince is going to be one of those guys. Uh, if you're in a casual league, everyone's going to be talking about Dennis Schroeder in a, in a, in a serious league. People are going to be talking about Terry and Prince because Dennis Schroeder is, well, everyone should already know who the hell that is. Um, I like the fact that his role is pretty much set here. I don't know why. I mean, they don't really have anything else to do. Um, he, I don't know how they would end up playing anyone else over him. He's going to play 30 plus minutes a game. And that block steal, once you, once you approach a, a one and one in block and steals, you're an interesting fantasy candidate. I think he has a potential to be a top 100 player this year. Um, and some, some people have him ranked a little bit better and I don't, I don't think I'm that high on him because without the ability for him to hit, um, it, more shots or at least shots at a higher clip, his shooting person, his percentages are bad. And, and that's a little bit depressing. And to make up for that, he's not really doing anything else uh, exciting. That one and one is pretty great. But um, I would say I'd compare him to maybe a little bit of um, potentially Mo Harkless. Uh, we both not only a big fan of Mo Harkless. And um, we like Mo Harkless. And so if, if I kind of like Mo Harkless, why wouldn't I like Terry and Prince? Are we sure that he's going to get these huge minutes? Are we sure? I'm 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 about seventy five percent positive. Who played small forward last year for the Hawks? That was such a great player. <sighs> uh, Tabo Cephalosha. I don't know who who was it. Nobody. You know, it was Tabo Cephalosha played some minutes there. Um, I mean, I'm trying to see here. He got 25.7 a game, 
they played some Kyle Korver when he was there. They played some Kent Bazemore. They played maybe some Tim Hardaway. I, I'm not sure who all here, but are these names sounding fantastic? Um, other than my secret love for Kyle Korver and his beautiful hair. Um, yeah, but I mean, Kyle no. Korver was traded to the Cavs at some point, right? Yeah, none of those so guys sound great. There. So how many minutes a game did Torrey and Prince get last year? Oh. Behind that, that great. But I think I, I think you just made my point. All those people are gone. So yeah, he didn't play over those people, but now he's the only person they have to play. Well, they got Baysmore still. They got Bellinelli, who's going to get some minutes. I don't know about this DeAndre Bembry fella, but he's there. I could see him playing Ilyasova or Babbitt. I mean, these are the same kind of names I'm just talking about. They're not inspiring, but they're NBA players. Sure, and I think Tyrion Prince is also probably an NBA, NBA but player he as well. Sixteen point six minutes. I, I don't. I, I honestly don't. I think that's incompetence in the Atlanta in, in the Atlanta front office and the Atlanta locker room. So, um, so it, it's got it got better with the no one they hired. No, this guy got better fantasy value simply because they don't have. They're not going to play. They're not going to play DeAndre Bembry more minutes than Terry and Prince. I um I guess my point is, and they're I not gonna be, they're I, not going to play Marco Bellinelli more minutes than Terry and Prince. This, there's I'm not enough you. minutes to go but, around. But to but to say thirty, to say thirty, I think is a stretch. I, I'm looking more like twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty six, just because. I mean, they only gave him sixteen minutes last year, and there wasn't anyone that was that great. I th- I think that's a fair point. I disagree. Um, I just think there's not enough minutes. There, there's not enough players to give minutes to, and by default, uh, Terry and Prince is, is going to have to play 30 minutes a game. How many games last year do you think he even got 25 minutes? <sighs> well, he really didn't even start playing till after January, um, if I remember correctly. I would only guess maybe a handful like 15 10 not like barely hardly any he got 17 games over 25 minutes okay okay here were now i'm I'm assuming there were injuries involved and and forget me for not remembering because it was many months ago okay i'll read you the last five games of the season okay he got 24 22 25 25 and then he got 40 in an overtime game well, even at the end of last year, like they, they just seemed stuck at like twenty five, even once Corver and them were gone. But but here are the, the here are the players that they were giving minutes to. Tim Hardaway. Dwight okay, Howard. but do we think Tim Hardaway is great? I mean, Torian Prince and Dwight Howard don't play the same positions. They weren't given the minutes. That's, for okay, him. that's fair. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. Kyle Corver. Well, they weren't giving him to Kyle Corver because he played for Cleveland at that point. Well, at the at the end of the year, I'm, I'm kind of looking earlier well, in the year. At the beginning of the year, he wasn't even playing half the time. He was an active um, for games. He was so playing 12 much. minutes, 16 minutes, 18 minutes. Their their choices: a, they move Kent Bazemore, who we we should probably talk about, to the three, and they play Marco Bellinelli at the two, or they move. Kid baseball to the two and play Terry and Prince. I'll read you this lineup, okay? This was from one of their very last games of the season, okay? They were playing the Pacers, who are also a playoff team. I, I think it's a little uh, 
disingenuous to, to read the last game of the season when this team obviously wanted the, a high draft pick. They were tanking. Okay, so so what game you want me to read? I mean, any any of these games. Like, th- if you're tanking, why would you not give a guy who's 22 years old huge minutes? They're giving him 25. Because you're, because you're an idiot. Because uh, the the Atlanta Hawks. Ryan Kelly was getting 20 minutes in these games, and th- he was getting 25. But th- nothing changed. That's my point. That's true. So to say he's going to get 30 minutes a night, guaranteed, I think is a, f- a fool's errand. All right. Well, well, let's put that on the board. I'm taking the over. You're obviously taking the under. Um, no, and and see, here's kind of where we differ too. I I agree with you that he deserves it. I just don't think they're smart enough to give it to him. That's where we're. That's where we're having the disagreement. Is I, I just I think the I just don't know how they can't come to that conclusion because they could have fooled themselves last year with being like, all right, let's move Tabo in or let's you know, play this lineup or but, randomly. But, like but this saying, year, they just can't. They can't. They. I mean, Terry plus. Oh, they can because they'll they'll play Muscala and those guys at the bigs and and John Collins and Miles Plumley and they'll move someone like Ilyasova to the three. That's how they'll do it. Uh, that is probably what they'll do because they're idiots. Um, let's let's talk about actually let's talk about that um, front court. Is there anyone in this front court that you think is going to be standard league relevant? Well, here I'll I'll bring this point up and it wasn't one I was going to actually bring up first, but I find this interesting. So Dwayne Dedman ranks 139 in Mark's rankings in only 24 minutes a game if you punt turnovers. So eight-category league, basically. No I think, there, I think there's a lot of people who um, play in, in, in bigger leagues who know that Dwayne Dedman is a nice little stream when he's going to play extended minutes for the Spurs last year. So um, I, I, I kind of agree with the fact that Dwayne Dedman is very interesting at the – Probably not in a standard league draft, but but maybe as a streamer in a standard league draft, and and maybe even in a twelve team league as the the last guy you hold on to. So maybe not your last pick, but the last guy you hold on to if you're light in rebounds. I mean, he's projected to get eight point eight rebounds a game in twenty four minutes, and I could easily see him getting twenty four minutes on this Hawks team that doesn't have a ton of great options. And, and then throw in, you know, over a block, and and his steals aren't really non-existent. They they, they exist, um, and he's got a high field goal percentage. Um, yeah, if he's really the if he becomes like a a solid to great option, starting to approach thirty minutes a game, uh, he's definitely staying really relevant. I'm with you there, and and so that's if you're punting something. If you're if you're Punting, I mean, especially if I mean free throws aren't great. He doesn't take a lot of attempts. Points, if you're punting points, he gets sexy. Yeah, just throw like then you should be 100 percent drafting if you're punting points and 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 free throw percentage. Um, so the other interesting guys, I mean, John Collins and Irsan Ilyasova, I think are the other two interesting guys other than Baysmore and for talking front court. You think um, uh, you think John Collins is going to get enough minutes to to be standardly think- relevant this year? I think John Collins is going to take a typical rookie path. Kind of an end of, end of the year, suddenly he's playing more minutes. And suddenly, because I, I mean, we can both agree, I don't think this is a good team. So I think by the end, they might just be rolling out Collins and whoever, Torian Prince and Schroeder and just playing them 35 minutes a night and just saying, screw it. I mean, we're done. Well, they might trade away a guy like Ilya Silva. And... Speaking of uh, suspicious minutes, a couple of years ago, uh, Kent Bazemore looked like he 
possibly could have been a breakout player. Um, and he regressed. He regressed back to his mean and had a pretty lackluster season last year. And the Atlanta Hawks started playing him less minutes. Now, like, I, like I've said before, there's not enough minutes uh, to go around on this team. Uh, I, I don't know why Kent Bazemore would play 30 minutes, but like the previous argument, the Atlanta Hawks are pretty stupid, so who knows? At 30 minutes a game is Kent Bazemore, someone you would draft in a standard league draft, and would you even want him, even if you think he's standard league relevant? Well, those are two different questions. Those are right? two different questions. <laughs> um, at 30 minutes a game, yes, he's definitely standard league relevant. Um, at 28 minutes a game in Mark's rankings, he is the 98th ranked player. Okay. So I would say he's standing really relevant even at 28 minutes a game, which I think it's safe to say that he gets that. Or thereabouts. I mean, he got 27 last year and about 28 the year before, so why would he not get right about there again? I mean, that just seems like where they're comfortable playing him is like 27, 28 minutes a game. But you're looking at his ceiling. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and they're invested in this guy. They're not going to cut him. No one's going to want to trade for him, right? They gave him that big contract. He's 28 years old, so he's relatively in his prime. He's not going to get any better than he's been. He's not going to really get that much worse this season at 28, I don't think. I think you're looking at what, what you're looking at. I mean, just take the last couple of years, and that's what he is. I mean, Yeah, and, and I think because of that low ceiling, there's a lot more interesting. If you're just in a regular standard league, there's a lot more interesting um, players that you could try to grab um with a higher upside a higher ceiling they might not meet that ceiling but i'd rather take a chance with my final few picks than take old steady 100th ranked player kent bazemore oh yeah and Uh, if you're in a deeper league then kent bazemore is actually quite a quite an asset but right and we talk about that a lot right he's kind of a deep league special yeah i'm with you anyone else on this team for um i guess Keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, really deep leagues. We talked a bit about John Collins. Um, he does look like he could play a, a decent amount of minutes even this year. Anyone else? No, I mean I don't. I don't really believe in in any of these other young guys for anything other than a, a total flyer punt in a very deep dynasty league. I mean, I guess the guy would be DeAndre Bembry, but from what I've seen. I'm not loving the returns. He can't shoot free throws, which is always worrying to me for a small forward shooting guard type. Yeah, that's it's kind of strange that his free throws are like almost non-existent. And so, I mean, I just I just don't see those guys getting huge minutes. I mean, do you ever see a small forward who can't shoot free throws getting big minutes? No, not only that, there's just really nothing intriguing about his fantasy game. Like, I'm not seeing a one-in-one a one guy. I'm not seeing a guy who gets crazy stats for his position in a, in a, in kind of a like a crazy assists randomly or something like that. I, I just don't think there's anything to be excited about with him. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, this is kind of an uninspiring team in, in the sense, but that's for sure. But he, here's the thing that I'll say about it is they have been a team in the past. that's like to chop and change the minutes. So I, going back to my original point, I don't know that they're going to give anyone big minutes. But if we see during the preseason, right, like his draft season's kind of ramping up, if we see, oh, man, they, they're starting John Collins and they're giving him big minutes, then he becomes interesting or, or anybody like that. 
they're kind of starting out of nowhere and they look like they're going to give them 30 some minutes. Other than that, this is kind of a team where there's maybe two or three guys owned in a standard league and that's it. Yeah. I think you're maybe right. only one. I think you're probably right. They're they're a good team to watch the waiver wire in case something weird happens in case Marco Bellinelli starts hitting like four three-pointers a game for no reason and everybody loses their mind on that team or something. But I'm I'm just not excited about anybody on that team at all. It's my I, I will give it I the am, stamp of worst team ever of all time for oh fantasy. No, dude, that, for fantasy. There's worse. There's worse, man. There's going to be worse. You you prepare yourself. You you buckle right in. So speaking of possibly worse, this next team. This one's worse. This one is worse. The team that you've been waiting for. This team is not worse. On paper. Um <laughs> I hope they are worse in real life. The team that you couldn't resist getting to and I continued to put off <sighs> the Chicago Bulls the barf bag special oh god I don't even know where to begin with this team um, it starts in the front office but I'm not going to get into uh, you can go to me into a rant I think you probably could but I'm not going to get into it we all know front office sucks we all know that Fred Hoiberg sucks but the most interesting thing I think on this team for me, is does Dwayne Wade and Nico Miritich play a large role in this offense where they could be kind of actually sleepers in a, in a draft, in a way? Or, or, or is this team the Atlanta Hawks 2.0? Dwayne Wade is always a very interesting um, guy for fantasy. Especially now that he's going to be 36. Um, he's probably only going to play like 28, 29, maybe 30 minutes a game. Um, but I think in leagues with guys who don't know, he maybe goes a little bit too high sometimes because there's the name recognition of, oh, he's Dwayne Wade, he's a Hall of Famer. And like the you get in leagues with sharps, and like no none of the guys want to touch him. And I mean, especially in a roto league, I think the win win can have some good value in the sense that he usually puts up some good stats in the games that he plays. And I think you you hit the nail on the head in a roto league because you you can't. People have been waiting for the last like three to four years for his knees to disintegrate, and they haven't. Um, he played pretty well last year, if if you look at his stats when he played, and he also played quite a bit. More, I think more games than a lot of people uh, had him pegged for. He he only played sixty games, but those uh, a lot of those missed games came um, there at the end of the season. He was on pace for a much much higher uh, game count until the end of the season, which obviously that's what you're calculating into your, your draft pick. I think Wade goes underdrafted most of the time in any league where people know what they're doing. Um, oh, I'm especially, with you. especially in Roto, because you can, the guy's a, you know, a top 60 type player. He scores pretty well. He gets crazy blocks for a guard and he, um, he's, he's always good at, at just about everything. After the season with the last big knee injury, what was that, 2013, 2014? I think so. Um, 
I think he's gone undervalued those last three seasons in the sense that everyone, like you saying, they're like, oh, he's, he's got no news. He's going to play 20 games. That's like, I don't think that's the case. I mean, yeah, per, per game, I think if you don't count turnovers, which we're not right now, um, last year he finished 67th, the year before that 47th. So he's still approaching, you know, 18 points a game. Getting a, a guy who scores 18 points a game in like the eighth round, that's pretty pretty good. Yeah, and I, th- I think there's there's times where he's there at like pick 100, pick 110. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think people really, really sleep on him. And that's basically where I would – anything after round nine, I would pick up Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade, he's going to play because he's going to be selling himself to um, to another team. Like the, the the Chicago Bulls, unless you hear something else, and this is this is the problem, this is what we don't know, is that the Chicago Bulls could very well just go, you're going to sit the bench – and then you're going to take a pay cut and then we will sell you to the, and, the, and or, or we'll try to trade you or we'll just buy you out and take your, you're, you're going to take a pay cut and then you can go to whatever team you want. It is a, definitely happen. It is a $23 million guarantee though, isn't it? With like little incentive clauses. Am I wrong yeah. about that? That sounds correct. So, I mean, if, if you're him, do you maybe just go, that's fine. I'll just sit the bench. And if you're the Bulls front office, which um, I, I, I know far too much about, you would let him because he is that, that front office is so cheap. They're not they and so petty that they would legitimately keep Dwayne Wade from playing on another team because they didn't want to pay his full salary for buying him out. $23.8 million base salary. Yeah, it was Bully a really dumb contract. So, yeah, $23.8 million in the way. I mean, if it's me, I mean, I get that he wants to play, and he, he knows that the sun is sitting on his career, right? I mean, he's going to be, what, 36? But, I mean, at $23 million, man, man, I could see him maybe just sitting it out and saying, well, thanks for the money. I mean, he opted in for the money. He knew they were going to stink. He he, 100% opted in for the money, um, and I don't blame him. Like right on. I, I my, if you want my bell curve, the most likely scenario is he's going to get bought out for somewhere around 15 to 18 million, and then he's going to go play off the bench in Cleveland. That's probably the most likely scenario. The second most likely scenario is that he plays for the Chicago Bulls. Um for the rest of the season. And during the last two months, he basically is, is kind of a bench warmer or doesn't really even play at all. I don't think the bulls because they have such a bad, I mean, I don't think they are capable of self-reflection because they are so incompetent and there, there's so much nepotism there. Um, I, I told you it wouldn't take long for me to get in a rant about how much I hate this team. Um, I don't think they would make themselves look even worse. I don't think they're this stupid to make themselves look even worse to star players by s- forcing Dwayne Wade to sit the bench and not play. That would show a m- message to the rest of the league. We do not care about you as a player. 
and that would be such bad PR after the incredibly bad PR of the Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah, and you got to look at it this way too, in the sense that that's going to keep players away from coming to your franchise in future years. So if you ever want to be good, you don't want to kind of take that hit of, well, we might just, we know you're our best player, but we might just set you on the bench for no reason. Yeah, and, and and for that reason, does is Dwayne Wade someone you would take in the last in, in those final rounds or after pick one hundred? Here's the way I'm looking at it. I I don't really see the scenario where he doesn't start the year on Chicago at this point. Like why why would you be and and I'll, I'll couch it this way. I guess once training camp starts and he shows up, why would you buy him out then? Like if you're gonna buy him out, buy him out now. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense to, to 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 buy him out until later in the year. And I, my guess is when Zach Le, Levine is is looking like he's coming back, that's when they're going to do it. Right around when Dwayne Wade's going to move off. So, if I'm talking about a shallow league where I think there's a plentiful options on the bench, I mean on the waiver wire. I'm sorry. I mean I I might draft Dwayne Wade and and hope he plays 28 minutes and is useful. Yeah, and and, me, and, and and you know what? Look to trade him to a dope. I mean, if he's he starts playing, he starts playing well. He looks pretty good. Um, trade him to a moron who thinks Dwayne Wade's going to play the rest of the season like that because Dwayne Wade, you're getting about a half a season from. Well, in a head-to-head league, I don't. I I, I would probably really stay and away from that. But in a little league, I'm I'm interested. Here's the veteran move, I think. Okay, so what? When is Zach Levine supposed to come back? Are Are you privy to that information? Um, the real. Guesses. I mean, the real information that I, I get from people that I actually trust is uh, January, February. Okay, so that's a decent little window you got there. Okay, so Dwayne Wade starts playing good. Name a rookie starts playing bad that you that you're a, that you're a fan of, right? That you think is going to eventually get some big minutes. Whether that be, I mean, you're probably not going to do it for Ball and Fultz in a one year league, but maybe if they're not playing that much and they're stinking. But maybe it's Jonathan Isaac, right? The Magic are going to be bad. Eventually, Isaac's probably going to get some minutes. And I think, like, right around that time, like, just before you think Dwayne Wade's going to get bought out, you might be able to swap Dwayne Wade for one of those rookies. Right around, oh, I was going to say, right around when Dwayne Wade plays really well for the Christmas game, uh, Chicago Bulls do not have a Christmas game for the first time. And I don't want to say because I don't remember. And it's too, it's, it's a very long time. Yeah, they they got a uh, a very hard shafting on the schedule because they booted from the Christmas game. You got booted from a lot of things. You only have like what? No, no TNT games. One so ESP, one national game. ESP against Minnesota. Um, so yeah, I think that could be a good play. Is like maybe Dennis Smith starts off the year bad. I mean. You, you know that people want to get rid of these rookies, right? When it gets to be December, January, and they're not playing, or if they are playing, they're playing horribly. So I have a I have a decent question, Zach Levine. Maybe probably coming back in January might be closer to February if if the Bulls want to ease him into that because um, allegedly future of the franchise. Also, they're um, the one thing the Bulls are savvy about is um, being incredibly cheap and and figuring out ways they can pay less money for, for players. So a thought would be since Zach Levine needs a, a contract re-up that they try to get that contract signed before he comes back or they try to get that they, they try not to bring him back until much later in the season so his value decreases on the open market. 
Those are very valid things that the Chicago Bulls would 100% do because they're so petty. Um, my question for you, after that long-winded rant, would you rather draft Dwayne Wade or Zach Levine? Oh, definitely Dwayne Wade, unless it's a Roto League, and I got some IR spots where I can stash Zach Levine. I don't usually draft a player who's already hurt. And unless I've got, like, unlimited IR spots, then that gets a little bit different. But if I got, like, one or two IR spots, I don't like to draft guys who are already hurt because the guys I did draft get hurt, and then I've got to drop someone someone anyway. So then I get two hurt players. Yeah. So then I wasted that draft pick, right? Because I got to throw one of them back. So I'm probably not going to draft Zach Levine unless it's a very, very deep league. Um, ACLs always worry me in the sense that I think a lot of guys start off real slow too. So even when he comes back, he might be playing 15, 20 minutes a game for the first couple weeks, and that's really not going to be that valuable. And he's going to slowly kind of ramp up into that whatever he ends up by around 30 minutes, I would guess, because Fred Hoiberg's another one who doesn't like to play guys a whole ton of minutes. So I'm, I'm not I'm not on Zach Levine to start the year for sure. Do you think Zach Levine should be drafted in a standard league, 12 team? Let's see. No. I, th- I mean, he's out half. The, he's out half the season. If the question is if he's healthy, then yeah, he should be. But if he, then I mean, no, he shouldn't be now. I just don't see holding him. I mean, why hold a guy unless there's like a very strict games limit where you don't play your bench really? But I mean, what's the value when he comes back? That's why I ask my question. My ultimate question. It's a bad team. My my only my only rebuttal to that is. If you're my worry is in a roto league or and you're in a deeper head to head league, then I would try to grab him late simply because he could come back for your playoffs or he could come back for the final the final press in a roto league. And in a roto league you can just stash him on the bench. It's not it's oh. not that really that big of a deal. Oh yeah, and that's a little bit different. My worry is even in those leagues, is that they don't really have any incentive to play him huge minutes coming back from an ACL. No, they do not. And so maybe they like just say they do a Nerlens Noel thing where it's like, oh, you're not playing back to backs at all, and we're going to limit you to 27 or 28 minutes a night. And then sure, Zach Levine's still probably valuable in that league, but he's probably close to like number 100. So then you waited all that time and you didn't really get that much out of it. And he, he's also not a fantasy world beater, you know? I mean, it's not like you're looking at a guy who's suddenly going to be, uh, when he comes back, even and he starts playing, let's say he's healthy, uh, real healthy, they play him 34 minutes a game. Is he, I mean, top 50 player? I mean, Maybe? look at it, look at his stats from last year. He played 37 minutes a game. Which thank, is you, Tom, not, thank you, Tom Thibodeau. Which is not happening again, right? I mean, no. that's just that's just not. And... Sure, the stat line looks good and, and all right, but it's not like a top 50 player. I mean, he got less than a steal a game, three assists, 3.4 rebounds, almost 19 points. 2.6 three-pointers was nice. The percentages are all good, but it's just like there's nothing flashy. Like this guy he's, made – He's a one-dimensional player. He's like a really, really crappy Bradley Beal. And I don't want a crappy Bradley Beal on my team. I don't yeah. want a guy who scores and shoots and that's it. And now Bradley Beal, he does stuff now. 
Like Bradley Beal is adding things to his game. Zach Levine, after being hurt all this time, is not going to add anything to his game this year, or maybe even next year. He's he's probably been pushed back at least a couple of years in his development. Um, so yeah, I, I I think I'd stay away from outside of a, a deep league and, and roto leagues. Is there anyone on this team that you're interested in, standard league wise? Well. For the most part, the starting point guard on every team should be drafted in the standard league. So who is the starting point guard for Chicago, Mike? <laughs> well, Tyler, that would be point guard of the future, Chris Dunn. So my question to you is, is Chris Dunn standard league relevant? God. This might be the very first time a – Starting point guard in the NBA is not standard league relevant. Chris Dunn is going to get the full opportunity to prove that he is a – I mean, this is how sad this is. Not to prove that he's good. To prove that he can stay on the court. And that's how low this team has become. He's not a scorer. He can't shoot. Um, I really do like his, his, his intangibles. He could be a, a a steal and a block kind of guy. In fact, he could approach a couple steals a game uh, because and he's that, that's to be where it's really relevant, right there. Yes. And if he's yes. dishing out six assists a game and he's approaching two steals a game and scoring ten over ten points, a crappy man's Ricky Rubio. Yeah, he's a ugh, he's barely standardly relevant at that point. And his percentage—I mean, if he can't learn how to shoot over forty percent. His percentages are going to kill you. Also, his free throws are shit. Um, also, he'll probably turn the ball over a lot. Um, also, he can't shoot threes. He, I, he I, still I, might not be standard league relevant, but anyone who's getting close to two steals a game. And and that's just theoretical. Like, I, I, If he's at 1.4 steals a game and a half a block, no, I don't think he's standard league relevant. I don't like to look at summer league for much. But here's what I've learned from watching Summer League the last – ever since they started putting all the games on, I, I catch quite a few. Here's the thing I've learned. If you look bad or non-existent in the Summer League, especially as a guard, because there's a lot of guard-heavy play in the Summer League, you're not an NBA starter that season at least. Now you might develop a lot and get better and, and eventually be an NBA starter. He looked like crap in the few summer league games he played. I thought he didn't look uh, he didn't look good, um, but he was also playing next to Cameron, who looked like dog shit. So oh, that made com- Chris Dunn look good. Better by comparison, yes, but he, I just don't think he's an NBA point guard. Like he's maybe a guy who gets what he got last year, like fifteen minutes a game. I think he's like a he's like a super trash, a super trash Marcus Smart. On the best day. Are you That's, cut out there a little bit? So I want to. I want to hear you repeat that. He is a super trash Marcus Smart on a good day. Wow, a super trash that that I what is that like a turd in a punch bowl? Just dumpster dumpster shit. <laughs> That's how bad he is. And and, so, and and hilariously, Cameron Payne is worse. Cameron Payne's not going to play in the NBA. Over under on games played in the NBA by Cameron Payne after today. The over under is set at one. I was listening to um, 
that Sean Hyken from Locked On Bulls mm-hmm. uh, talk, which which is a good show. Um, and he, I do enjoy the Locked On Bulls. He was saying, and you probably heard this, that Cameron Payne is not an NBA player from anything he's seen. Yeah, and from anything I've seen, and from anything and, anyone's seen, and. Like he got that hype when he was Russell Westbrook's dance partner or whatever, and like, oh, he's gonna be the you know the next going into the mini next mini Russ, yeah, and it's which like, turned into a mini Reggie Jackson, which turned into <laughs> worse than Chris Dunn. Well, now he's got this foot thing, and like, I, I mean, I, I honestly would not be surprised if he does not play another NBA game. I hope not. Um, that guy's terrible. The so, uh. Here's the other thing I'll say then, okay? So if he's not really a point guard, does that make Jerry and Grant interesting? I think it does. Um, in, in the sense that some, something has to be interesting here because someone has to play minutes on this team. And I think Jerry and Grant ends up being the most consistent point guard on this team. And Jerry and Grant, while also bad, um can put assists in, can shoot above 40%, can hit a three-pointer, can get about a steal a game, can hit free throws. Uh, I think Jerry and Grant, if he becomes the starting point guard on this team and he play, which the Bulls have no incentive to make him, um, and starts playing 32, 33 minutes a night, I think Jerry and Grant's definitely relevant. Oh, I'm with you there, and I actually think it happens. I I do too, but now we're we're once again talking about it happens if you're smart, if you're stupid, like the Atlanta what? Hawks and Chicago Bulls. Um, why do you want to win games? Well, and I'm not drafting him as that, but I, I, are you drafting him? Oh no! We don't know if he's going to even. No, play. no, I'm not drafting him. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm honestly, drafting him. in a standard Who? league, I might not draft anyone on this team in this head-to-head standard league. I might not pick. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Other than Robin Lopez, if Robin Lopez is going to play, but Robin, Robin Lopez, Lopez is the one old guy, man. Could they just tell Robin Lopez to piss off? I think they're going to trade him for uh, a pick, which they should. I'm going to have to disagree that no one on this team is draftable because there's one man who has my heart, who also is in Chia Pet form in my house. His name is Nico Mirtich. Now, we can we can talk about this a good bit, so I'm excited. So go ahead, say what you want to say about Mirtich. Nico Mirtich is going to get re-signed. It's, it's, whether it's the qualifying offer or a mid-range, mid-level type of contract or whatever, Nico Mirtich is going to play for the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls need Nico Mirtich to play well so he becomes an asset. So they can move him. Or if he plays so well, They'll want to re-sign him because he's a, a solid basketball player. Now, Nico Miritich has been incredibly streaky, but also Nico Miritich has played behind uh, a lot of weird lineups for a really terrible coach who doesn't know how to use him. But, but at the, the same coach. Yeah, I, I understand. But at the end of each year, Nico Miritich goes on a insane run, proving that he 
can put together an incredibly good fantasy basketball season. I think it is worth taking a chance on Nico Miritich simply because I don't know in what world, other than Fred Hoiberg's, he doesn't play over 30 minutes a night. Is he their best player right now? If they sign him tomorrow, is he the best uh, talent on the team at this moment? I think you'd have to say Dwayne Wade. There's an argument for Dwayne Wade when Dwayne Wade's playing well. When Dwayne Wade is healthy and has rest, Dwayne Wade's the best player on this team. If Zach Levine was healthy, you can make the argument for Zach Levine. Nico Miritich is the only is the best player on this team who will most likely finish the season on this team. <laughs> um, it's terrible. Here's what I'll say about Miritich. I love Miritich. I love the per-minute stats Miritich can produce. If the best thing for Miritich is the thing that will not happen, it would be for him to sign anywhere else. He's going to play for Chicago. I have no faith in Fred Hoiberg giving him any more than 25 minutes a game. It's never happened. He's been Nico Miritich. He's been that good. He's the minutes have been open. I mean, he got 24 minutes a game last year. I mean, he he's always played behind Taj Gibson. When once Taj Gibson was moved, his minutes did uh, his did his minutes did increase. Okay. But here's here here's where you're right, and I usually say here's where you're wrong. But this time I'm gonna say here's where you're right. Fred Hoiberg, being the worst coach in, coach in the NBA, his rotation is. Are you playing well? Are you playing well right when the game starts? Great. You're going to play longer. Are you shooting poorly as the game starts? Did you miss a few rotations? Did you – I don't even know if he knows what, what a rotation is. But did you miss a few shots, a few plays, make a few mistakes? You're not going to play the rest of the game. And Nico Miritich is streaky. But Nico Miritich needs the ball in his hand, and he needs time to get going when he's not coming out shooting lights out. He could be an I think I really think Nico could be an amazing player if they put the ball in his hands and they run more of the offense through him. I if, really do. If because someone when you, see him plays, when you see him play in Europe, he looks so much better. I'll say this: if someone played him in his optimal role, which is with the ball in his hands more, and played him thirty-two minutes a night, I think he could be a top fifty fantasy player. I I think he's a hundred percent a top fifty. Might be a top forty, but that's not going to happen. Because Fred Hoiberg refuses to do it. I, I, I've said this for years. I don't think Fred Hoiberg hates Miritich. I don't know why. I think he just can't stand Miritich for some reason. Because this dude has deserved more minutes in all of Fred Hoiberg's tenure there. And he just never gets it. It's embarrassing. It's terrible. I will be going to the games to chant for him to put Nico in. And how terrible. If, I will, if Nico will... comes back there, which is still an if at this point. It's a ninety percent certainty. It's a win. Yeah. I'm not drafting the standard league. I, I've played this game. I know what happens. It's gonna be twenty five minutes. It's gonna be I think no. I I think it is I think it is foolish if he isn't if he is available in your last round. And actually I'm gonna go, you know, past the eleventh, tenth, eleventh round. Right now I'm gonna I'm gonna go out to uh Yahoo and his and, and we talk about whether these are reliable or not and we don't think they are but the average pick for Nico Miritich right now is 136th um 
if he's anywhere after 110, I'm picking him up. And this is why. We talked about um, Bazemore being boring. Boring Bazemore, 100% guaranteed to be somewhere between the 110th and 90th player overall. Nico Mirotic on totals could be worse. Could be better. But his ceiling, Nico's ceiling is top 40. We just said it. His ceiling is top 40. And so but what's I would much, what's much rather take him at a in those late rounds as a flyer, as a just-in-case-it-happens. Because if it happens, you, there's a, a high percentage chance you're going to be winning your league. But what's his ceiling at 25 minutes a game? I, 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 that was not what we talked about. His ceiling, if he plays 32 minutes a game, which he won't, but if, if it happens, because I, I don't know what can happen on this team anymore, because I don't know what Fred Hoiberg's life is like. Uh, I'm going to find him. I'm going to find out where he lives. I'm going to go to his house, and I'm going to hold his family hostage until he and, and play until he plays Nico Mirotic 35 minutes a night. And that's uh, I'm not going to do that. So don't don't call the police on this. I'm with you that it's not the worst last pick in the world. I'm not making it because Fred Hoiberg has not given me any glimpse that he's going to play in more than 24 minutes a night. If he does that during training camp in the preseason and he starts hyping Miritich and saying, I'm going to give Miritich big minutes, I might take the cheese for the third year in a row. But the last two years, he's burnt me in standard leagues and he's not doing it again until I see some reason why he should. I think that is that is a fair... Because um, in 25 minutes a fair minute, opinion. he's just – if he's standard league relevant, he's the worst player on your team relevant because he's just not getting enough minutes. Even at 25 minutes a game, he's top 100. Oh, I don't think so. I think he's yes. like he's top 130. 100. Top 100. 140. Okay, well, I disagree. Um, a lot of disagreements in this episode. A good episode, I think. Is there anyone else well, – usually we agree on most things. Anyone else on this team um, that you'd like to talk about? Um, well, here's another thing. So say we, we get rid of Dwayne and we're looking for that kind of two guard, maybe small forward type. Who are we going with on that in that spot? Are we going with Denzel Valentine? Are we going with Zipser? My are friend we Derek who's sitting in the crowd, I think. Your friend Actually, Derek? My friend yeah. Derek, he sits in the, he sometimes he goes to Bulls games and I would assume they would just pick a random fan out of the crowd and he might, he might play. He used to play in high school. So you're not, not interested in anyone else. Is that what you're telling me? Not, not even a sniff. I am. I'm interested in one player. Um, uh, Denzel Valentine, because this is the player that the bulls front office has talked up saying, all right, we're, we're, we're leaning towards uh, working with him and getting him more minutes and showing uh, that he could, um, you know, if he's an NBA player or not, making him a starter. You know, I, I think Dizzo time starts the year at the three because simply because he was where he was drafted at the, in the 14th pick back in 2016. The Bulls invested in him. And I'm interested in the fact that if he plays 30-some minutes a game, he could scrape into that Kent Bazemore-esque place in the world of fantasy basketball. Um, I'm interested in him because he could be fantasy relevant, but Kent Bazemore is definitely going to be the hundredth player, and Denzel Valentine needs his needs to be playing thirty minutes a game, and his ceiling, best case scenario, is probably like hundredth. 
best player. He had a very fantasy-friendly game in college. It didn't really translate during his rookie year, but he didn't get a ton of minutes either. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of interested just to see if they're going to play him. And this is another one of those teams where, like, if someone gets big minutes, they could be standardly relevant, but it's hard to pin down who you want to say it's going to be the guy. Yeah, we just we just don't know. Paul Zipser is probably someone – I like him less from a fantasy perspective, but he's someone that has been mentioned as someone who could get starters minutes. Uh, eventually, Laurie Marketing is going to get starters minutes. Um, I believe it's Lowry Marketing, apparently. Uh, he looked not great in uh, Summer League, but not terrible. But he looked very good in the Euros recently. Yes, and, he's uh, been lighting up the Euro basket, and I saw the uh... – Formerly man from Draft Express, now one of the men for ESPN on their draft coverage, um, wrote a very nice article about marketing and how well he's played in Eurobasket. Yeah, even uh, People Breakdown had a a, a, a surprisingly long Lori Marketing video, um, which was great. Uh, um, I, and I, I watched it and cried myself to sleep. Here's the thing I'll say about marketing that I think everybody kind of got wrong, right? He got pegged as this just three-point shooting tall man who's going to be a stretch four and nothing, no defense at all. I think the defense of Arizona didn't do him any favors. He's going to be all right in those defensive stats, and I think he's going to be an all right rebounder. That's not say great. I don't say he's going to average 10 a game in the NBA at any point, but I think his defense and rebounding got a little bit undersold. And I've been saying that ever since, I mean, way back in the draft, I was touting him as a top 10 pick ever since I started looking at the draft coverage and other people would say, Oh, there's no way he's going to be terrible on defense. He's going to be a horrible rebounder. And I just don't agree with that. Yeah. He, he's got a pretty um, impressive footwork for his size. Um, he's quicker than people would think. And um, even playing against much, much better competition in the NBA, um, I think he's going to be fine. Fantasy wise though, I, I, the counting stats are not going to be there. He's going to be a very one-dimensional, almost uh, um, best-case scenario, Ryan Anderson-esque type player. And that's not going to happen this year. Uh, but eventually, near the end of the season, he's going to get, um, I would say, a lot, a lot more minutes. The problem with him is the same problem I see with Nico, is that I think they're both fairly versatile players. I think they do have very good court vision uh, and, the ability to uh, to do more things than just stand in the corner and shoot, uh, which is how they've been, uh, which is how Nico has been played on this Bulls team. And so, if Hoiberg is an idiot and tries to play them both that way, uh, we you might not see really hardly anything from uh, Larry Market, and even in in some of those really big leagues. And real life NBA take that's not a hot take at all is that I don't think this team's ever going to do anything until they get a new coach. Yeah. That's incredibly fair. Um, so I don't want to be too depressed by the end of this um, podcast. Do you have anything else for the Chicago Bulls? Uh, good luck to them. It's going to be a long year. All right. Uh, thanks. Uh, it is certainly going to be a long year. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it for tonight. Uh, we got through uh, through the just the <laughs> bottom of the barrel. We finally got to the bottom of the barrel. Um, so there's there's nowhere to go but up, right, Tyler? Uh, there's actually some interesting teams I'm excited to talk about left. Huh? I'm all... Yeah, I, I, we purposely left some of the more interesting teams for the latter half because we knew 
some just talking about some of these teams was going to be so depressing. Well, and I think too that some of these teams are still kind of waiting on the pieces to shake out, and we're getting close enough now where training camps here, so they're they're pretty much just shook as they're going to be. Yeah, and, and we're once preseason starts, we see the depth charts and we see what, how rotations are looking. Right, um, we're going to re- revisit um, probably most of these teams and just say, all right, do you want to do you want to change anything from your uh, from what your preview is? You know, so maybe kind of a weekly rundown of uh, what we learn. We're learning from preseason rotations, um, so that that will be good. Uh, we have. Well, some... I'll give you a good example of that from last year, right? Uh, Nick Young, the year before for the Lakers, like played next to none. Like literally he played 19 minutes a game in 54 games and did not look like he was even going to be part of the rotation. And then, holy smokes, in preseason we saw him. He was playing. He was starting. They were touting his defense, and he went on to have a pretty decent season last year. Um, It was mostly only streaming value in standard leagues, but in the deeper league, like he was really valuable for those 13 points and the threes he provided. And so, I mean, I think we see that every year as guys kind of come out of nowhere and get a role that we weren't expecting. Yeah, it happens 100% all the time, every single year on multiple teams. And those guys are, are, are always, you got to pay attention during that time, especially uh, right before your draft, because things do change in October. And we, we have a shortened, um, I think we have a shortened preseason. That's true, right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, season starting earlier. Um, I think that everyone's playing the same number of games this year. Next year, there's a one less game, but right. uh, the the actual time frame is shortened. Yes, um, and so look forward to our preseason podcast. I'm looking forward to preseason. I kind of love preseason because you know, you know, NBA is just right around the corner. Um, we're also going to be doing some strategy podcasts, probably bringing back our friend mark roberts to talk about uh kind of like how to the best way to set up a league or or what the best way to approach a head-to-head draft or head-to-head uh season or and the best way to approach a roto season and maybe debate on uh you know what's the proper settings for a league um i will i will literally take anyone down on adding ridiculous categories I have seen more people mention that quad doubles are a category in their league this this preseason or uh, this offseason than any other offseason in my entire life. If you're playing with quad doubles, just delete the league right now. Even double doubles and triple doubles. Like, when does this happen? Like, it's, there's how many triple doubles every year? Like, five? So stupid. So, first off, you're already counting those. You're already counting those stats. So, you're already getting rewarded for those things. And so, to get a one zero triple double and, and lose a week because you had a better team and a better week, but you lost one category because one person had a triple double on the other team for the week. Great. That's, that's a dumb way of playing fancy basketball. And I will take anyone to task on that. Um, I tend to agree. Send your tweets, your angry tweets to uh, at watch the boxes. Then that would be um, for me and Tyler. What is your Twitter handle? Uh, you can find me at Watsy four 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 four. That is four fours in case just when three fours aren't enough. Four fours. <laughs> um, and so we got the uh, a few people who are interested in our 
hashtag basketball, watching the boxes, ultimate fantasy league 2017. If you are interested in uh, joining our, uh, our our listener league, uh, tweet at us or tweet at hash basketball, which is the hashtag basketball main account, and we will get you invited to our listener league. Shout out to the dude who just tweeted me yesterday. Yeah, shout out. Well, no, no one ever tweets me. Everybody tweets you all the time. That's because they they can't remember your Twitter, but mine it sticks out. Oh God, you're probably right. It's so depressing. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think that's it. You got anything to plug? Uh, no. I mean, if you want those custom rankings, uh, they're they're actually Mark's rankings. I won't take any credit for them, but you can tweet me or Mark, and we'll get us it out to you. Yeah, that's Mark Roberts with a C, just like Marcus Soul. Oh, Mark F. Roberts. Don't forget the F. With an F and then Roberts. Spelled like you think Roberts is spelled. Um, <laughs> at least I hope. Um, yeah, I think that's it. We will we will be back at this with um, the rest of the NBA, and hopefully it's a little bit more optimistic than these two teams. Um, that's it. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Peace.